0: Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Roy, and this is episode two of Friday Night Fireside Chats. And I realized I did not do this for the first episode. Uh, And so real quickly, I'll just cover um, the inspiration for this podcast came from the of events of 2020 uh having a lot more time to reflect and reevaluate and realign just to clarify some things and out of some of that quiet um, and reflection came up with this spontaneous idea to audio record some thoughts that i had uh, on patience discipline and consistency which was the topic of the first episode and from there i thought you know what why not continue with this why not continue just recording thoughts that i have on certain topics um, and share those with people in a format that uh, my intention is to bring a degree of reflection but also time to unwind and relax and become present after a week of work or busy events or whatever that has occurred from monday to friday and that's pretty much it and um yeah let's hop into this episode Now, this episode is titled, The Cookie Jar. And uh, that comes from this idea that David Goggins came up with. Now, if you're not familiar with who David Goggins is, he is an ex-Navy SEAL, and he is also commonly known as the hardest man alive and he has a book out called can't hurt me and there's also an audiobook version i would highly recommend both um, as the audiobook version has it's very unique Um, i believe they did something that has never been done before which is audiobook combined with uh, a podcast style and so he has somebody else reading his book and then at the end of each chapter he and that person just have a dialogue on the contents of that chapter and it's really um, probably one of the most enjoyable audiobooks that I have listened to and the physical copy itself will have some images that obviously you can't see in the audiobook which is why I recommend uh, getting both to have a full experience of uh, this man's life. Now the cookie jar is something that David Goggins developed and the concept of the cookie jar is there are times in life where we might find ourselves more in, I guess, a slump and we might have doubts, imposter syndrome, and begin to really question if we have the capability, um, if we're worthy, um, and things along those lines. Now the cookie jar is this, you could make it an actual physical thing or more so an imaginary thing, but it's basically this container for all the triumphs you ever had and the way Gogand speaks about it is that um, in some of the most difficult points in our lives uh, all of us can have a tendency to in his words forget just how badass we are and so the cookie jar is a reminder of that and so for him he describes it as of this mental slip of paper he puts in this jar and on those slips of paper is a reminder of moments in his life where he has overcome and conquered an obstacle something that he had never anticipated that he would have but he did it and so each of those slips of paper in that cookie jar is essentially just a resume a resume of all the times that he has completed something all the times he has conquered and accomplished something and to call on those resources as a reminder in present-day moments when he meets a specific challenge or needs a reminder of uh, who he is what he has accomplished now my recommendation would be that it's a helpful exercise to just journal out all of these things, because thinking about it mentally, well, you can build kind of a memory bank of those things. Sometimes uh, it's nice just to have a physical place that you can turn to like, all right, you know, page, page eight of this journal has a list of my cookie jar, And um, I took some time to think about some of those moments for myself. I have two stories that I'll share with you all. And perhaps they might remind you of similar moments in your life where you faced your fears or accomplished something. The first story I'll start with is a story of romance or attempted romance and so what happened here was in my i think it was either junior or senior year of college i became enamored with this japanese girl who was a exchange student from japan and just completely obsessed with this girl did everything i could to get close to her you know this whole like oh i hope she likes me let me find all the ways to win her approval and attention and um it was looking back you know at this i can easily see how all right that was not The healthiest thing for me but at the time i didn't know any better and i think that's sometimes where we learn our greatest lessons um but anyways absolutely obsessed with this girl it came to the end of her exchange program the year was up and so she was obviously returning to japan and i was talking to um one of the teaching assistants for my Japanese class. And at this time I was learning very basic introductory Japanese. And through talking with him, I was inspired to purchase a plane ticket to Japan and go see her that summer. Now, some of the context for this is that that is something I would have never done before. And uh, it's honestly, like, up until that point, I pretty much, you know, avoided anything that uh, was new or strange or outside of my comfort zone. And that was also my first time, you know, ever flying on an international flight to a country I had never been before. And one where i could just barely speak the language but uh in that case you know romance was uh enough to kind of conquer those fears and i was like you know anything that i need to do like i'm gonna do it if i can win her heart obviously not paying attention to all the times that um Clearly, it was a one-way street. You know, it was a love unrequited. And when I had shared that with her. She's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's okay if you come visit, um, but as friends. And I was, even at that time, I still didn't get it. Um, the message just didn't come through. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. But in my mind, I was thinking, you know, I'm not going to give up. You know, she she's just saying that, but once I actually arrive in Japan, like she'll she'll see, you know, and she'll she'll change her mind. Um none of that was the case, anyways. Um, but I I did end up going to Japan that summer. Uh, purchased a ticket and went there for I think two or three weeks. So it was a good amount of time and Again, the first time traveling internationally on my own. And um, by the time that trip arrived, like I was no longer infatuated with her. Um, so I just took it as like, you know what? Things didn't work out. She didn't feel the same way. Perfectly fine with that now. Um, and I just took it as like, you know what? I already bought this ticket. I already contacted other friends um, that I met Uh, who had exchange also the same exchange program and I'm not just gonna say you know what I'm not gonna go to Japan anymore because honestly I was only going because I was hoping you know to win the heart of this girl that just seemed like a I don't know pretty lame thing to do and so I was like you know what I'm gonna go I'm gonna follow through with this plane ticket I don't care that uh, I'm no longer I no longer have the same feelings for this girl, and I'm excited to visit this country that I have never been to, but have been learning about, and visit some of the friends that I had made when they were at my university. Like I had mentioned before, romance and excitement at this point had overcome the anxiety of doing something new and completely foreign. Um, But, the part where kind of that anxiety and fear of failure and shame came up was when I went to a convenience store for the first time in Japan. In my mind, it was just going to be a simple thing. You know, I'm I'm just going to pick out uh, some food for lunch. I pay the money and that's it. And just some of the basic greetings would be enough of like, hello, and thank you. That's all I needed. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, the convenience store I went to, um, I purchased a Obento, which is just a Japanese lunch, um, pre-prepared lunch. And this was one that they could microwave for you. Now, I didn't know that because I was staying at a friend's house who um, was very kind enough to host me and um, she had a microwave so i thought you know i'm I'm just going to take it home and microwave it but um, the uh, checkout clerk there um, asked me which means would you like to heat this up now i did not know what that meant at the time uh again i was only you know familiar with your basic greetings and some simple sentences and grammar and so that was a vocabulary word that i did not know so i just looked at him and i was like uh and then he said it two more times uh and the last time he just had a very confused expression on his face and then he pointed to the microwave and i was like oh okay and i was like okay yeah height yes uh but at that time i was just feeling completely just ashamed um, and embarrassed face was maybe red uh, but certainly feeling just so much heat in my face and uh, i actually walked out before he even handed my obento back to me and he actually had to like call me as i was walking out the door, I was like, hey, like you you almost f- forgot you what you came here to buy. Um, so adding more embarrassment. And I took the meal home to my friend's place and she was at work at the time. So I was just there by myself and uh, ate the meal and just told myself, you know what, I'm not going out. <laughs> I'm not going out for the rest of the day. I don't want to. I don't want to do that anymore. I Just feel so embarrassed, and uh, I think some time went by. Um, watched some Japanese television that I didn't understand, and then I was like, you know what? No, I'm. I'm gonna head out again. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna face my fear. I. I'm not gonna just stay inside, cooped up, for the rest of the day waiting until my friend comes home like i'm gonna push myself because dang it i i purchased this ticket and i didn't come here just to stay cooped up in a friend's house for the remainder of this trip and so i upped the ante so instead of going to a convenience store to buy um, another obento i said i'm actually going to go to a restaurant where i will likely have to say or ask some more things so let me make it a challenge and i went to a ramen noodle shop and um inevitably something came up you know i was hoping it would just be a simple because in japan many of the places where you order food it's just a it's almost like a vending machine you put in the amount of money and then you select a button that selects which meal that you want and then you hand that to the person and they prep your meal Um, you don't really have to take you know open a menu and say hey this is what I would like so I gave them the ticket uh, and then they asked me you know what kind of noodles did I want did I want the noodles hard did I want them soft and again vocabulary words that I did not know And, um, I just ended up saying, like, I'm sorry. (laughs) And, uh, the guy there was kind enough to just like, all right, you know, just wait a moment. And he grabbed, um, maybe another staff member or a manager. And the guy comes up to me and he's like, um, like I knew they were talking about noodles, but that was it. Um, And he was like, uh hard soft so like hard or soft and i was like oh okay yeah um I'll, i'll have the soft noodles and then successfully you know got over the embarrassment ate my meal thanked them went back and then by that time my friend had returned from work and i shared to them the whole story of the embarrassment at the convenience store and then going to the restaurant and I was pretty proud of myself I was like look at that like I I experienced something very uncomfortable for me very embarrassing uh, and had pretty much resigned to the fact that you know what like I can't do this I'm just going to stay inside and then facing that fear and so that's the first story of this piece of paper i have in my cookie jar that is a reminder like hey i i deliberately faced my fear here and even had a funny story to tell about it like now looking back it's it's a very to me a very uh fun memory Uh, and now the second story is uh goes back a little bit further um middle school so in middle school I was uh, in swimming classes I was enrolled in swimming classes and uh, the thing that I was most afraid of and could not do was jump off a diving board the diving board just felt too scary to do I didn't want to have any of it and uh, it was i think the last day of the swimming classes before uh, break and the instructor had us all you know go on the diving board as the last activity and um, this was probably either the second or third time she had us do this Um, all the previous times i chickened out and uh, this last time like th- there was some conviction of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I was the first person to actually walk onto the diving board. So there, th- so there was some something within me that I was like, I'm going to do this. Like I, I got to do this. I can do this. And then the moment I stepped on the edge of that diving board with all its wobble, wibble wobble shaking, and then looking down, that immediately evaporated. And I just stood there. Uh, looking at the bottom and she had said she was asking like do you know how to swim obviously a rhetorical question and I answered back I was like yes she's like okay then you know you can jump and I can catch you you know if anything bad happens Um, but she was a little bit to me it looked like far out in back from where i would hit the water if i jumped and so i was like but you're not right below me how are you going to catch me and she's like well i i can't be below you right because it's like that's not going to be good for me if you just land on top of me so i have to be back here and i'll swim towards you if anything you know wrong uh happens and i wasn't convinced so i stood there for a few more seconds and then oh man just this long walk of shame the diving board's not that long but it felt like you know minutes from me to walk from the edge back and off the diving board and i just sat there uh watching as all the other kids jumped in without hesitation and um it was not a pleasant feeling did not feel good about myself at all um then fast forward so that was middle school fast forward to i don't know this is like in the middle of uh grad school so over 10 years later at the very least uh, over 10 years later i finally face <laughs> I finally faced that fear. Um, And what this was, it was just a simple outing with uh, friends. Went to a lake and there is a public uh, diving area uh, with a lower diving board and a higher diving board. And the moment I saw it, and I think much of what also allowed me to get to this point was one just time Um, between that middle school experience and this grad school experience like there was never um, any other occurrence of going near a diving board uh, or even swimming that much and so this was let's see also due to my grad school program in counseling psychology kind of understood more of my own psyche Um, so i had really worked through a lot of things especially fear and shame and so when i saw that diving board at the lake uh, with my group of friends i was like you know what like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna redeem myself like i'm out for redemption this time for what i could not do when i was in middle school and so i went out uh, with i think there's two other friends who joined me Uh, we went to the diving boards I did the lower diving board. And this was, I think in a way, perhaps more scary than doing it at a pool where there's a lifeguard literally right there. And the one who's taught me how to swim, um, there was a lifeguard present here too, but, um, I don't know. Maybe the water being darker, so I can't see the bottom. Whereas in a swimming pool, you can see the bottom. That was another factor that made it feel scarier, like jumping into a dark abyss. Uh, But as, but as I was on that diving board, I told myself, I know how to swim. So I was reminding myself of that question my swimming instructor in middle school asked me. He's like, I know how to swim, so I know how to survive, Um, and. It probably helped that there were like little kids around me. So I was like, all right, come on. Like, you got to do this. You can't just not jump now. You're freaking in grad school and there's little kids here who are jumping off this diving board. So I did it. I was like, all right, great. But it wasn't quite enough because my eyes were now set on the higher diving board, um, way higher than the one back in middle school in swimming class. And I was like, that's what I'm going to jump off from. Like, if I can do this, man, am I going to conquer a huge fear? And so I uh, lined up and there's somebody in front of me uh, who probably was a middle school kid as well. So it's kind of interesting how it kind of almost like there's like this full circle Uh, myself back in middle school and now a middle schooler in front of me. And he was afraid to start climbing the ladder onto this higher diving board. Uh, It's just so fascinating. I recognize that in the moment, but now I'm just remembering it again. And uh, he was like very hesitant about it. So I was like, you know what, like, let me go. Like, I'll go first. Um, And he was fine with that. And I think I tried to say something encouraging. I don't remember what I said, Um, but I climbed up there walked to the edge of that diving board and I was like, Ooh, this this is pretty high up there for me anyways. Um, And then again, like I jumped off the lower diving board, I can do this. And so I jumped off and wow, like obviously it being the first time um, I had no reference for it, but it felt like it took me ages to hit the water. Um, And when I was, falling i was like why haven't i hit the water (laughs) why haven't i hit the water um finally i hit the water come back up and just this huge feeling of i don't know how to describe it i didn't feel heavy like i felt light i felt expansive um energized because here I, i had finally did it You know with all this time in between middle school and now as a grad school student i finally faced my fear of jumping off a diving board and i even upped the ante by jumping off the higher one and later on i went cliff diving with a friend um, and that again stirred up some of that old fear but uh ended up jumping off the cliff uh the highest i ever ever jumped off from And it was great, but again, there was was so much anxiety building up of watching other people jump like it was nothing, walking up there and then looking down and being like, oh God, I, I don't know. I don't think I can do this, but then finally doing it. And as I share these two stories, I mean, it's a great feeling even just talking about them because they are clear cut moments to myself Definitively in my life where I can look back and say here were two instances where I faced discomfort I faced my fear and I walked through it very much as with the cookie jar example that David Goggins created it's something I have in a container for me to pull out and remind myself in any moment where once again i feel that same tension i feel that same anxiety or fear doubt of like come on roy like you've you've done some things and um these things are a testament to your ability to face your fear and so yeah that's that's the that's the story those are the stories Um, and I hope they remind you of moments in your life whether it's something similar or completely different Um, but that this topic and the stories that I've shared are um, an opportunity for you to reflect and think of moments in your life where you faced your fear you moved out of your comfort zone and as you recall those moments to remember what that felt like, what it felt like to conquer your fear and um, yeah, have this recollection of all that you're capable of. And I think the way I view our human journey is that it's more so a process of unfolding like a lotus Um, not so much trying to add more things into our lives but through experiences relationships uh, we're really just unfolding and discovering more about ourselves and returning to our essence returning to a core essence that is so much larger and more expansive than We might have dared to believe if we just live within the small bounds of a container of saying you know this this is what is safe and familiar and i can only live within these bounds so that's that's all for tonight thank you for tuning in and listening and may you have a restful friday night and a good weekend. If you would like to learn more about the work that I do and follow um, any of the social media handles, you can visit my website at www.sacredwildman.com. I'll we'll have the links uh, to any social media. Um, I also have s- some resources there where you can learn more about what I do. And uh, yeah, if you would like to support my work, there's also a place on my homepage that you can donate if you would like. And with that, have a good night.